Spoken from GFG Alliance. Hello and welcome to Spoken, the podcast for GFG Alliance colleagues across the world. I'm your host, Chloe Tilly, and on this episode, we'll continue to look at the business's response since the failure of Greensill Capital, and we have some news of some senior appointments. Joining us, as always, is Sanjeev Gupta, Executive Chairman of the GFG Alliance. Hi, Sanjeev, how are you? Hello, Chloe. I'm okay. Not bad. Now, Sanjeev, last time you mentioned how the strong markets are helping GFG. Can you give us an update on the parts of the business that are continuing to perform well? Actually, Chloe, you know, it's incredible. Every time we speak, uh, we seem to be breaking new um, heights and new levels. I mean, prices have basically crossed all-time highs. Uh, in Europe, hotel coal, for example, is over €1,000. It's never been that high before ever, even in 2008. I know is up 130%. And it's again, it's at a record high. Aluminum is up 50% at $2,500. This is the highest for a decade. I mean, the, the markets are, are very much in a super cycle. So um, that is something which is extremely welcome. And it, especially in the given situation, and it's uh, helping many of our main businesses uh, to, to perform uh, exceptionally. Now, it's not all a rosy picture, of course. So what's the latest on the areas of GFG that are struggling? Our main big performance are basically our upstream businesses in Europe, which is... Uh, uh, Australia and Galats, and in Australia, our wireless business, especially mining business, and uh, um, Interval. These are the four real, real horses which are driving um, performance in the group. Some of the downstream businesses, especially in automotive and aerospace, are suffering for various reasons. Aerospace, really mainly because of COVID, and that's not going to come back for a while, so that's a tough situation. Automotive also has taken quite a big hit even before COVID and, you know, because it would change away from diesel as well. And they're going through some fundamental changes anyway. We're moving towards EVs and so on. So there's a very, um, there's, there's a lot of change happening in that industry. It's in some other businesses, um, let's say UK steel, even um, to some degree French steel, there is very strong prospects, but we need more capital to those businesses. With that capital, those businesses could do incredibly well given the current market conditions. We have some limitations in the current situation where we're sort of uh, finding our way out of uh, this green steel situation. Um, so I, I'm confident those businesses will do well, but right now the big performers are the four I mentioned. Now an important piece of news is the appointment of four new board directors for Liberty Steel. Tell us more. Yes, Chloe, actually it's a monumental moment uh, for uh, JFG, it's a big step. I mean, it's not disaligned to our journey anyway. I was, as you may remember from previous discussions, in the process of, uh, you know, we had set up our board, independent directors and so on, and we wanted to get uh, our governance, our ESG objectives, everything stronger and better. These four appointments are basically a continuation of that journey. So we brought in four directors, of which two are independent. One is a chief restructuring officer uh, who will act independently and his job would be to really to make sure that the company uh, does the best in terms of uh, restructuring itself, refinancing itself, looking after all stakeholders, uh, negotiating. So being the front guy, right, he'll chair the restructuring committee. His name is Jeff Stein. He has a lot of experience uh, doing this uh, for very large companies. Uh, uh, all his career he's been a CRO. Then we have uh, a new position, which is uh, the CTO, the Chief Transformation Officer, and this is Jeff Cable. Jeff has a lifetime experience in in steel and ferrous metals. Um, he has uh, he was he headed J.P. Morgan's ferrous desk uh, for I think from inception till the end. Um, you know he's uh, very well versed with the UK in particular and uh, its uh, problems, uh, the steel industry's challenges, 
he has good interactions with the, the government, other stakeholders there. So while his job will be to look at our entire steel business and see how we can um, improve and transform, you know, what, what, what makes sense, doesn't make sense, his views on the market will be very valuable, but also his key focus will be the UK itself, which is, of course, very a very important part of my overall strategy. Then we have uh, Ian Hunter. Ian Hunter is uh, no stranger to some of us. He used to be uh, CEO of Wylands uh, Bank. And his expertise being, as having spent all his life in uh, regulated bodies, his experience is really to make sure that we um, look at the situation right now, all our boards globally, in terms of how they're constituted, what responsibilities they have, director's duties, um, making sure we're doing the right things. Nothing's falling between the stools. So his role is to uh, uh, focus on governance within the group. Last but not least, we have a new CFO, uh, which I'm very excited about. So, um, but before I talk about him, I would like to say uh, a big thank you to Vyashok, our outgoing CFO. Uh, Ashok has uh, been invaluable, especially in this difficult COVID period, being stuck in India and trying to sort of uh, navigate the world from there. Unfortunately, he has to stay back because you know, things in India are not getting better, which is quite scary, and he needs to be close to his family and look after his family. So, so uh, he has been replaced by Deepak Sugani. Deepak is uh, already within the short space that he's been with us, already won a lot of hearts. Uh, he is a perfect fit. Uh, he's uh, a perfect fit culturally, first of all, which is very important. But also, he has uh, got a lot of expertise in steel and he's got a lot of experience in cash flow management, in working in difficult situations, doing restructuring and so on. So he was a very, very good pick and uh, we're very lucky to have him. These four together form the Restructuring and Transformation Committee. And their role will be to basically navigate the company and the group into a new future, which we're calling Liberty 2.0, in which we will have a, a much leaner and a much sharper business and a, and a much better governed and much more transparent business. Sanjeev, we've all seen the dire situation regarding COVID in India. Difficult to watch for people around the world. And I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's you know, obviously, you know, as you know, Chloe, I'm, I'm from India and still have a lot of uh, friends and family there. And... It's heart-wrenching. I mean, it's um, scary to, to put it um, in a single word. Uh, I'm uh, very concerned. My heart goes out to all, all my, first of all, employees, but also all Indians uh, uh, to really, um, you know, be as careful as you can. Uh, try to navigate this. It's difficult to give words to, um, of comfort when people are in the middle of this crisis, but um, I'm, I definitely am watching, monitoring the situation very carefully. I think it has risks also for the rest of the world. So, you know, it's something which is very important for everybody to uh, to see how we can mitigate them. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my sincere and best wishes. I hope uh, things will turn for the better soon. Okay, thanks, Sanjeev. Next, we're going to look more at refinancing. Spoken. So, Sanjeev, I understand in terms of refinancing, there's some good news from Australia. Indeed. Um, but actually... Even more than the refinancing, I think, first of all, it's a vindication or rather a proof of our business model. When I first went to Australia and bought uh, the business while I was on its knees, it, it was losing a lot of money. It was slated for closure. Um, most people, almost everybody thought that it was impossible to fix it. I disagreed. I, I saw an opportunity there. We've worked incredibly hard and uh, you know, all credit goes to the specialist team which has been deployed to turn the business around and of course all the local um, management and the local workers who have worked tirelessly to um, turn that business around. It is now profitable and uh, which is why it was uh, you know, relatively easy despite all the noise and all the chaos which uh, Greensill's 
collapse caused for GFT, it was relatively easy to get refinancing. We had many suitors. We chose one in record time. We have agreed the financing now, the final diligence and the paperwork is on. And within the next few weeks, that business will be refinanced and the creditors will be paid in full. Uh, so I think that's a great testament to our, um, our business model. Uh, my attention now very much is on the UK and Europe, where we need to um, achieve refinancing. UK a bit tougher because it is, you know, it's it was UK businesses, each and every business in the UK that I bought was basically, again, like while I a bit shut or shutting or losing money, so they, they, those businesses are still on a journey, but uh, in a very good position now. Um, so, uh, especially with current market conditions, in uh, France, in Ascolval Hayange, also again good, great business. Uh, nothing wrong with the business itself, but needed a bit more capital given our constraints at the moment. Because the green sale, we have some limitations, but I'm confident we'll find the, the extra funding needed. And but in the meantime, just to be prudent and also you know to make sure that we do the best for our businesses and our employees, we're also exploring options for partnerships or sell to see what comes through and there's a process going on uh, there as well but again business is a very good business I have no doubt in my mind that it will um, one way or another it will uh, go forward in a positive way. Just sticking with Australia for a moment longer if we may you briefly mentioned time frames there but tell us a little bit more about that and what this means for the business in Australia. So time frame wise we have three four weeks to go in terms of our agreed target dates for the refinancing to be completed with our financiers. These things sometimes do slip, but at the moment, uh, so far so good. It looks 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 on track. What this means then for the business is that uh, it will have refinanced uh, Greensill completely and its creditors. Um, so it will be free of those shackles. Uh, it will have a financier which we've worked with many times before, and we have a very strong relationship with. So uh, it will be a, a good relationship. Um, it will have some headroom to to grow. Uh, and anyway, the business is doing incredibly well at the moment, especially with iron ore prices. You know, well above two hundred dollars, uh, there is good strong cash flow. So, so I think they will have opportunities to focus again on um, development and growth. And do you have any more updates on talks with other prospective lenders? I mean, it's, it's very heartening to see the the amount of interest that has been. I mean, it is we have been inundated by offers uh, to help and to finance uh, because people recognise that the markets are good, our businesses are good. Some of them. Okay, maybe tougher, but still good. Uh, maybe need a little bit longer horizons, but many of them actually doing incredibly well. Uh, you know, p- performing the best they've done ever historically. So um, we have a lot of interest of funding. We've obviously even for Australia, we had a long suit, long list of suitors, uh, which we chose from. Now our attention is focused on UK and Europe, and uh, again, I'm very confident that uh, we will achieve. Um, in the UK, we need working capital to sort of get the businesses up again and so on. So it's a bit of a longer road in terms of refinancing, but what you need first is working capital. That working capital has been offered. We're doing those business plans. We will submit that to the financiers and the creditors, get agreement. So that's a different journey. But in our continental European businesses, I'm very confident that we'll be able to achieve refinancing more or less similar to what we've done in Australia. Now, last time we spoke about your discussions with Greensill's administrators, Grant Thornton, and you were looking to find positive ways forward. Has there been any progress? So there's, there's constant uh, dialogue and some sharing of uh, information. It is complicated. There are many stakeholders, many different creditors. Remember, this was not a group. It was a group in the making. It was a bunch of different companies around the world doing different funding deals with, with Greensill who distributed them to different uh, parties so you know it's not like there's a big group land and, and you can easily achieve this but there is positive discussions and we continue to keep each other informed and uh, hopefully make progress
Now, I understand that GFG are exploring options for some renewable energy projects in Australia. What's happening here? Chloe, this is critical. The future of Wyala is green still. We have the best magnetite resources uh, possibly in the world, which we have very exciting projects to develop. We already have uh, already our, our uh, decent-sized producer of magnetite, which is what we need for hydrogen steel. To make hydrogen, we need renewables. Uh, we need to expand renewables in a massive scale in uh, Wyala to make that happen. The first project of this was the Kultana project, which uh, you know I was very proud of. That project is basically been, if you like, from a project project development point of view, done, completed. We got a lot of approvals, took a lot of time, there were some complications, we got all, all the approvals. So essentially it's shovel ready. Um, but given the current situation and given some other changes, we are looking for new partners to help us expedite those projects. Uh, so it's no ways me going back from that strategy. On the contrary, I want to expedite it. So we're looking at uh, partners. I would like partners. I would prefer to have partners other than sell. But in any case, uh, we will remain involved anyway because we'll be an off-taker or potentially an off-taker and so on for our business. And behind this, Kultana, I want to build a much bigger solar farm, which I've previously talked about. But it's important now for it to get done. So then so that's why I've opened it up to offers uh, of partnership. So why have you made this decision, particularly after that new funding has been agreed for the business in Australia? Because I want to expedite project and I think this this is time the world is now you know more and more so especially over I mean every day that passes I think the world is more and more aligned to green steel it's something which I take pride in the fact that I started this uh, more or less journey globally uh, you know back in 2014-15 when I started talking about green steel there was a lot of uh, naysayers over time they've become less and less even in Australia I think there is a lot of support now for green steel and hence I want to expedite especially as we come out of this uh, green steel crisis and uh, you know we have our 2.0 within that I really want to focus on green steel and Wyla is at the center of that and hence I don't want to delay this project I want it to be expedited so having a partner will help us uh, get more funding for the project and do it quicker rather than doing it uh, at our own pace which will take longer. All right in a moment we'll look at other parts of GFG coming under scrutiny. Now, GFG in the Czech Republic and in Romania have been in the spotlight over the sale of carbon emission allowances. So, Sanjeev, can you just clarify what's been happening? So, Chloe, every uh, business in the EU has uh, allowances for carbon emissions, which are basically sized against their uh, previous emissions. And the idea is that over time you are forced to reduce emissions. Um, And uh, every company trades these emissions. If you have surplus, you sell them. If you have deficits, you buy them. So every company does it. It's pretty normal. We've done it several times in the past as well. Um, This year, Galati had a deficit. Ostrava had a surplus. So under normal circumstances, we would just um, do a swap. But given the green silk crisis, um, there was some concern. Uh, We thought not we thought it was unfounded. Uh, we thought it was very legally secure structures to do the swaps. But okay, we, we listened to those concerns. Uh, we found uh, alternative solutions. Basically, Karats found its own money to, to to buy credits from the market. Expensive, but okay, they they did it. Um, included in that, we bought some credits from uh, Ostrava for cash. That cash now received by Ostrava uh, with a nice handsome uh, profit inbuilt, which will be used for Ostrava's benefit. So um, everybody's happy. Now, the Parliamentary Business Select Committee in the UK has launched an inquiry into Liberty Steel. Why are they doing this? Actually, the inquiry is into into the UK steel industry. And obviously, given given that, A, we're an important part of the UK steel industry, and also given the green steel situation, there will be focus on us uh, to see what happened, uh, as well as looking at what's wrong with the industry and how can it be fixed. I mean, obviously, this 
for me is a very very uh, topical point. So ever since I started my journey on st- uh, on steel and was obviously in the UK first, um, I've been a strong uh, advocate of uh, the revival of the UK steel industry. We have declined. We're one of the largest producers, one of the first producers in the world. Today we are amongst the smallest in Europe and uh, amongst the least profitable. Uh, the, this this constant uh, d- the decline of the industry is is. Um, main topic of discussion, I believe, and uh, I think it's an incredibly important one. There are many factors why UK steel industry has declined. There are many opportunities to reverse that, especially with the you know, emergence of this new revolution or the green revolution, which will require steel to be made in a completely different way. And UK has many amazing attributes, uh, especially abundance of scrap, has got some significant disadvantages like energy. So all of these topics I'm, I'm sure will be discussed. And so will uh, the impact of green steel on our business be discussed. Um, and I mean, I welcome this committee and of course we will cooperate fully. Finally, what is your message for GFG colleagues about the steps that are being taken to get through this current situation? The first thing I will say is that I'm incredibly proud of uh, effort which everybody's had to made, make to get through this. I, had, I mean, I went through a period of intense stress when it uh, uh, when this crisis broke out uh, i can imagine a lot of colleagues uh, went through similar or worse i've uh, you know obviously here fighting and uh, with great deal of confidence that we will get through this managing our business is very carefully and prudently which we're doing we launched project athena it's, it's been an incredible success it has uh, yielded a lot of result and that comes from people in our businesses coming up with solutions they themselves could not even imagine uh, until this crisis hits. I always say, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and we have certainly come up with a lot of inventions on how to optimize our business and that will serve us not just now but going forward in the future as well. Even once we have uh, refinanced, it will be a much leaner organization in how we run things. Um, the, other, the other concern to me has been, firstly, actually mental health especially during COVID. It's been a great concern to me. We've done you know, a great deal of effort, especially with the I Am Here program, and that's yielded great results. And I continue to be concerned about that, not just because of a crisis, but I think it's an ongoing problem of our generation. Health and safety, again, when there's crises, sometimes that has real impact, and especially actually sometimes when you come out of a crisis, health and safety slips. So again, I, I, I would urge everybody to keep that uh, at at the forefront of their efforts. So those are the things which you know I think I'm very proud of. In terms of steps we've taken, as I've outlined earlier, we have taken a lot of steps uh, on uh, managing our business, on refinancing. I have every confidence our business will um, will come out of this stronger uh, and better. And I also believe that the next uh, decades are decades of the resurgence of industry, especially the steel industry, and especially green steel, which we are very much uh, at the center of, so I believe we have a good future. We just have to get through this uh, current period. It still will take several months before we're out, so we have to continue to you know, keep our belts tight and uh, uh, continue to work hard uh, and persevere. Sanjeev, thank you very much, and I look forward to speaking with you soon on our next edition of the podcast. Thank you, Chloe. Important um, and pleasure always. So I look forward to the next one. Now do join us next time when we'll continue to bring you the latest developments and news. Until then, from me, Chloe Tilly and Sanjeev Gupta, it's goodbye. Spoken back soon.